Good morning again. It is good to be with you all. As I've been preaching for 15, 16, 17 years, and I'm still up there checking the list to see if I'm next, see if I can get myself worked up to stand up here. And I appreciate the opportunity to stand before you all and to share God's Word. So I ask that you do pray for me this morning. We, last week we examined or we started a message called the most, or called more, excuse me, called more. And last week we talked about more than love. And we looked at Peter's account as he was uh, writing 1 Peter, I believe it was, or 2 Peter, whichever it was. And he gave the account of where he um, recognized the faith in the early church. And yet he called them to more. He also said, I want you to bring alongside your faith I want you to bring alongside what you've already got there in Jesus Christ. I want you to bring alongside goodness. I want you to bring alongside that knowledge and perseverance. And I, at the end, he culminated with love. And we talked about how we are called to do all of those things. And in a sense, it takes more than just love or more than just faith. We need all of those things. But we didn't want to diminish the importance of love and faith either. This morning, we're going to change gears just a little bit. And we're going to continue to look at more, but we're going to look at more than me. Now, I shared in the earlier service, this is going to come out wrong, so I'll just go ahead and say it. I'm pretty fond of myself. (laughs) I figured out that I don't like to be cold. I don't like to be too hot. I don't like to be hungry. I don't like to not have friends. I don't like to not be used by the Lord. I figured out I like to be a part of things, if you will, and I like to, to have a little bit of comfort, if you will. And so I couldn't help but think about as we think about love, and now we're thinking about more than me, that we're supposed to love God more than anything. We're supposed to love our neighbor as ourself. And yet, I realize that in doing those things, necessity dictates that it has to be about more than just me, more than just what I want, or more than just what you want. So this morning, if you've got your Bibles, we're going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. We're going to be looking at verses 4 through 11. And Paul is actually writing to this congregation, and he's sharing with them the, the wonderful blessings and the wonderful, even the necessity, if you will, of a variety of God-given gifts. And he kind of presents it. We sang the family of God this morning. He kind of presents it as we need everybody together, if you will. And as we begin to look at more than me, we have to realize that it's more than just about us, if you will. So it says in verse number 4, Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. To another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another the working of miracles. To another prophecy. To another discerning of spirits. To another diverse kinds of tongues or different kinds of tongues. To another the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and self same spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. Now as we begin to think about this big family where it takes all of us working together, one of the things that I want to draw our attention to this morning and perhaps an invaluable lesson for us is, is to think about our place in that. Where is my place at or where is your place in that list of things that we just talked about in that calling of God that he has given us? And the first thing that I want to point out to us is this. And I wrote it in real big letters so I wouldn't forget it. Serving God is more than about me and my desires. 
I've done told you I already I'm pretty fond of myself. I like for things to, to go the way I want them to, and I like to be comfortable in these different things. And yet I have to realize that serving God is more than just about me. 1 Corinthians chapter number 6 and verse number 19 says this, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, as our brother mentioned in his uh, prayer, which ye have of God. And then it says something very important, And ye are not your own. I like to think I'm in control of my life. Except sometimes my wife reminds me, she says, I'm your boss, you just do what I tell you to. And then I don't want to do it, and then we kind of fuss about it and different things. But I, I get that, you know, it's like, well, I'm going to be driving. I want to do this. I have a 19-year-old daughter. Guess who thinks she's in control of the house? Not me. You see, sometimes we often get used to that, and we like that. And yet the Bible reminds us we are not our own. And it's not just our kids. It's not just our grandkids. We as Christians have to realize that we are bought with a price. Verse number 20 says this. For you are bought with a price, a price, a very expensive, precious price, I might add. Therefore, glorify God in your body, not yourself in your body, not what you want in your body, not your desires in your body, not your wishes in your body. It says, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. I'm not my own. And I have to realize that, and we have to realize that we are called to His purpose we are called to His plan. We are even called to His preference. He puts us in the place that He has called us to and that He wants us to be at. And we have to realize that serving God is more than just about me. And it's more than just about what I want or my desires. I read a story this week on the internet so you know it's true. And I have to always share that because you never know what you find on there. But I read a story this week about a missionary and I don't know what exactly I was doing, but I came across that, and it was a story about a missionary who was very discouraged. He wasn't feeling like he was really making a difference, or more accurately, he wasn't feeling like anybody was noticing the difference he thought he was making. And so he begins his story by sharing that he was at a funeral of a very simple lady who had served the Lord faithfully. And I want to read a little excerpt about what he shared. He wrote this. We stood in the lobby after this funeral. We spent the hour before hearing beautiful stories of simple faith by a simple woman. Besides the fact that she was intelligent, caring, and genuinely interested in other people, one theme kept, seemed to resonate throughout the eulogy. She showed up. That kind of surprised me when he got to that part. She showed up. She showed up to church. She showed up to serve, she showed up to teach. She showed up to be with friends, and she showed up to be with family. She simply showed up and said yes to Jesus in her daily life. He went on to write that there will be no bi biographies written about this lady. He went on to say that there would be no sermons inspired by her because she just merely showed up. And as he began to think about that, he, he went on to share that he himself felt kind of forgotten. Because perhaps nobody would write some great sermon about him or what he was doing. Or perhaps that nobody would notice, and in a sense it would just be the simple things in a way. But he, he was very discouraged. He said, I feel looked over. I feel like my work wasn't perhaps good enough to be recognized. Much like the friend that couldn't really point to anything in speci uh, specifically. He and a friend that were there at the funeral had basically decided 
that what they did wasn't really exciting enough for people to get excited about the work of the Lord with. So as they were kind of out there and the lobby kind of feeling sorry for themselves and deciding what they were doing really wasn't making a difference, he writes that a woman approached them at the funeral that had been to the same funeral. And she came up and she looked us in the eye and told us how proud she was of us. Talking about that missionary gentleman. How what we do matters. And how much she prays for us. And how important our simple yes is to God's calling. He said, maybe I won't have any great church plans to speak of. And he said that perhaps maybe scores of baptisms wouldn't come out of his ministry. But in the end of it, he concluded his story with these words. And this is what I want you to hear. He said, with tears in my eyes, I remembered one thing. God sees me. I want to say that again. As he was discouraged, as he felt like he wasn't making a difference, as he felt like nobody was noticing what he was doing. He said, tears filled my eyes. And at the very end, he said, God sees me. I think oftentimes we forget that we're not working just for all those around us, if you will. We're working for the Lord and to serve Him. And as long as He sees our faithfulness, as long as He sees what we're being called to do, that's what matters. We're here for His glory, not for our own. I've often shared how great it is when somebody says, Preacher, you did a great job today. Puff my chest out, suck my gut up, and just feel great. You know what I'd rather hear? Well done, thou good and faithful servant, when I stand before the Lord. Because that's what matters most. It's more than just us. It's important for us to encourage one another. But it's more than about that. It's about pleasing the Lord. If, just imagine if we thought about doing things for God's glory and for His benefit and His mission, if you will. It might be a whole lot easier to suffer, wouldn't it? I don't like to suffer at all. I don't like to have problems at all. I don't like struggles at all. I sure don't like patience. And yet if it's for God's glory, how much easier is it to suffer, to give, to serve, if we stop and realize that serving God is more than about me and it is more than about my desires. Secondly, I think that oftentimes, and I know this is for myself and I think it's also true for most of us, I need more than just me. Well, that sounds simple enough, doesn't it? I need more than just me. And I am called to serve more than just myself. Especially before I got sick. Most of you here know that I had to have surgery not too long after I got here. I didn't realize that when you came to Mead Station that you had to get sick at some point at the very beginning there. And then you could get better and go on. But I was one of those guys who thought, I'm just going to try to make this happen no matter what. And just work, 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 work. When I was laying in the hospital bed looking at the ceiling for day after day, it seemed like, or I was stuck in my extra bedroom at the house looking at the ceiling day after day after day, I realized I can't do this by myself. I think a lot of us have had to realize that as, as we get older, as we go through life, we still need the Lord's help. And we still need one another. Verse number 7 of the, of the passage in Corinthians chapter number 12 and verse number 7 says this, 
but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Now, the New Living Translation says it this way, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. I thought that was a lot simpler way to say it. We are given gifts to help each other. As we travel this path together, I have to realize I can't do it all by myself. I need more than me. I have the Lord. We're going to get to that later. But I also need your help. We need each other's help. We need each other's encouragement. We need each other's uh, lifting up as we go through this. It becomes more and more evident to each of us as we go through this life that it's hard sometimes, isn't it? You know, I, I tell people, my wife's upstairs, but when we first started dating each other, especially when we were planning on getting married, we sure were in love. It was almost like holding hands and skipping and going through the tulips. You know, it's just it's like, oh, this is just wonderful. Amen. And then it got harder. We skip a lot less. But I love her more. You see, sometimes we forget that the difficult paths or difficult ways doesn't mean that the Lord doesn't love us. A difficult time doesn't mean that, that He's forsaken us. Sometimes He's teaching us things and teaching us that we need Him more. And I want to remind each of you that, that He has placed you in people's lives to help them. Now, perhaps it's financial, perhaps it's food, perhaps it's whatever it might be. But often, people need more than just our financial help. That's the easy thing to do sometimes, sit down and write a check, isn't it? You know, somebody will have something going on, I just like, we, we have a, I hope she's not watching this, but we have somebody who's getting married this weekend. And my wife has been struggling over what to get them. She's like, well, they're getting married and we need to get them something really, really, it's next weekend, really, really nice. I was like, well, won't you just write them a check? That's what they want anyway. No, we can't do that. I was like, listen, they just got married. They just soon have your money. Plus, it's easy. She wanted to get something thoughtful and nice and wonderful. You know what I wanted to do? Let's do it the easy way. Just write a check and we'll save money in the end. That's sometimes how we think about things, isn't it? But the truth is, sometimes people need more than our money. They need our time. They need our talent. They need us to speak into their life. They need us to be available. God has called us to be available. God has called us to be obedient. God has called us to seek out and search out those with needs. On the flip side, and I wrote this down too because this is just as important, God has placed people in our lives to help us along this journey. Now, I'm still relatively young. I don't feel as young as I did even six months ago. I often think, well, I don't need any help. I can do that by myself. Every time I used to go visit somebody at their house, there were two things I would ask, or one thing in particular. I'd say, is there anything I can help you with? And do you need me to move something heavy for you? I don't know why that was something I started doing when I first started preaching. I'd go visit people. I said, is there something heavy you need moved? Because I can do that. Strong back, weak mind. That, here I am. Now I quit offering that because I can't do that anymore. I'm not supposed to do that anymore. So I don't offer to, to do anything heavy. And I realize that sometimes I need help now. Sometimes I have to call somebody. I'll call Robbie and I was like, I need some youth with some strong backs because I just can't do it anymore. And yet oftentimes we as Christians, we realize we need help. We realize God has put people in our life to help us. And yet we are afraid to let them help, aren't we? We're afraid to. I don't know why. 
But oftentimes, we rob people of a blessing that want to help us. We rob people of the opportunity to, to do what God has called them to do. We think, well, I've got to serve, 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 serve. Praise the Lord. But also let somebody else be a blessing to you. Let somebody else be obedient to God. And yet sometimes we're like, oh, you can't help me. Why not? Sometimes it's our pride, isn't it? Sometimes we feel too vulnerable. I've been a Christian a long time, and I still need help. Let me go ahead and ask you, I want you to pray for me this week. I want you to remember me. I still need your help. If you drive by and I'm trying to pick up something heavy, please stop. Because I'll need the help with that. You know, we, we forget sometimes that God is using other people besides just us. We think, well, God's called me to serve. Well, guess what? He's got other people that need that same experience and joy that you just had. And so he has reminded us that we need more than just ourselves. We need more than just serving the way we want to. It's about others. The last thing that I want to bring up this morning, and it's perhaps the one that you say, well, duh, Chris. I knew that was the answer. But I want to remind us that we have more than me or more than us, and we have more than we deserve. We've talked about needing more than just ourselves, but I want to remind us of our blessings. This is a message I, sh I preach pretty often because I think sometimes we as Christians forget just how blessed we are. I have more than I deserve. Financially, I'm not wealthy, but I have more than I deserve. Health-wise, you know, sometimes I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I want to make 100 or not. And yet, you know what? I'm blessed more than I deserve. Sometimes we look around and go, where are our friends? Where are our family? We forget. I have brothers and sisters in Christ all over the place. I am blessed more than I deserve, and I have more than just me to depend upon. You know, it's a blessing as I look back through my, my life, I guess you could say. I've had a lot of good Sunday school teachers. I've had a lot of good pastors. I've had people that just spoke into my life, and I appreciate them greatly. They have influenced me in great ways. I still, one of my favorite people in the world is a, a Sunday school teacher I had when I was in middle school and high school, and just someone who just really spoke into my life. I still go see him. I still like to talk to him, and there's times I still like to ask his advice. And yet I'm reminded that Jesus Christ loves me even more than my favorite Sunday school teacher. I'm reminded of all the pastors that I've had through the years that have spoken to my life that it wasn't just their words and their power. It was the Lord speaking. And so I realize that I have the greatest friend in Jesus Christ. I have the greatest blessings in him. 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, verse number 20 says this, but now are they many members? That'd be us, wouldn't it? You gotta see a picture of the church there. So now there are many members, but yet one body. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more, those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. You know what? We're going to come in contact with people in our church, 
in our lives, in our families that need help. And it's great to be there for them. And yet, you know who I want to point them to more than anybody else? Don't depend on Chris. I tell people, I hope to be a pastor that can be reliable. I hope to be a pastor who can be faithful. I hope to be a pastor who who loves the Lord in a great and amazing way. But listen to this. If you follow me, I will fail you at some time. I won't handle something the way you think I ought to. I'll miss some kind of appointment. I I don't have my phone on me today. But if I didn't put down all the things I'm supposed to do in a week, I probably couldn't hardly get out of the house to remember what I'm supposed to do. I will fail you sometimes. But Jesus Christ will never fail you. I think we as Christians forget the blessings that we have. We forget that we have a Savior who is always there for us, who never fails us in any way. I want to share another passage of Scripture with you that kind of hopefully brings this home for you. We've been talking about our place in the, almost in the family of God in a sense of what God has called us to do in the great big picture. And he presents it as a body. Like we are the body of Christ. We are the bride of Christ. In Ephesians chapter number 5, a scripture that I think I read here in Mother's Day or Father's Day and that honestly in today's world is not very popular anymore. But I want you to listen to what it says about Jesus Christ more than anything else. And I'll go ahead and I have to say this every time I read this, that... There are a lot of people who have used this passage in very ungodly ways. And so I want to make sure that we see the big picture here. We realize that this is not about control. This is about loving Jesus Christ. Loving our family like He loves us. And I shared in the earlier service that if I love Jesus Christ the way I'm supposed to, I'll love my wife the way I'm supposed to. If I love Jesus Christ the way He expects me to, I'll love my daughter the way I'm supposed to. I'll treat my wife and my daughter the way I'm supposed to. I'll do the things I'm supposed to because I've got him first. But it says, Wives, submit to yourselves and to your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Verse number 26 says that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth it and cherisheth it. I told you I loved myself when I got started, didn't I? That's even biblical in that sense, but not quite the way I presented it. And it says, even as the Lord, the church. For we are members of his body. You remember the example that we read about earlier in 1 Corinthians? We see that same picture here, talking about the body. And it says, of his flesh and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife. And they too shall be, not two flesh, but one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. And the part that I want you to see was verses number 23 and verses number 25, if they'll put that back up. Verse number 23 says this, Even as Christ 
is the head of the church and he is the savior of the body. Did you hear that? You know who the bride of Christ is? You know who the body is? It's us. And he's the head and we are the body. It says he is the savior of the body. I need more than just me. I need more than just the things around me. As a believer and follower of Jesus Christ, I have a Savior of the body, if you will. Verse number 25, if you'll put that up, it says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church. He loved the church so much, what did he do for it? He died for it. Now that's love. You want to talk about a Savior who loves you? more than anything else in this world that you can think of. Jesus Christ loved us so much that he died for us. Church, I believe this is a blessing that we often overlook. We know it to be true. We believe it to be true. Yet sometimes we struggle to remember it. Sometimes we, as Christians, we struggle to remember his presence in our life. Or we struggle to feel his presence. We trouble, or we struggle to to see Him working in our life. And yet as I stand before you, I want to remind you, He's there. A scripture I use over and over and over again. And I don't know why it keeps coming to my mind here, but the Lord said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. That is love. I have a very simple statement and question for you. And the first one is this. More than me is both a calling and a reminder of a blessing. It's a calling for us to go forward. It's a calling for us to serve and to reach out to our brothers and sisters in Christ because they need help as they go along this journey just like we do. They're God's hands and feet. And yet I'm also reminded of the great blessing that we have and I think one that we need to hear more often. No matter what you face, no matter what struggles, no matter what trials, no matter what heartaches, Jesus Christ loves you more than anything else. As we get ready to get a song of invitation, the question is this. What's he calling you to? Is he calling you to more? Is he calling you to serve more, to reach out more, to pray more, to love more? Or maybe he's just calling you to himself. Maybe you're here this morning, you don't know Jesus Christ. But you realize you need more than me. Or more than yourself. I'm going to be honest with you, you're right. You do need more than yourself. We can't get to heaven by ourselves. We can't do it alone. We have to have Jesus Christ. The only way. And he's here waiting with his arms wide open.